SBR, the people's pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, everyone? A lot of things going on. Let's get right into it. Today, we're bringing back the audience favorite. Sometimes it's hard to put these things together, but there's a lot of weird things happening in the NBA right now. <laughs> Let's go cringy, bingy. Does this make you cringe and want to pull out your skin and just, ah, I can't deal with it anymore? Or are you binging it? You can't wait to read the next story. We got to start. Rudy Gobert. Because <laughs> Gobert has been in the news a lot these days because he's tired of the disrespect from Skip. And he's like, you know, he would have said if it was in front of my face. <laughs> I was like, what? You want to fight this guy? <laughs> and now, of course, all the trade chatter with him and Donovan. And now this, Joe. He said, Shaq said on a podcast, he could throw 12 points on Gobert in three minutes. Mm. No one said anything. Everyone's like, yep, yeah, yeah. That's factual. All this factual. <laughs> said Gobert cannot guard him. Then Gobert responded, in not-so-flowery terms, that he would lock him up, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Joe, cringy bingy. I don't have to say a sentence. Go bear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to go bingy. Mm. I like this about Go bear. I like that he's confident. I like that he'll say that he would lock his butt up, which is what he said. Yep, yep, yep. And when I read the tweet, I thought it was funny. (laughs) I was like, hey, yeah, that's good. I mean, he's a current player. Obviously, this will never happen. Shaq is a million years old Yeah, and can barely dunk. Can he still dunk? No, actually, he can't dunk. Or uh, technically, I think he could dunk. He did a TNT thing. Yeah. (laughs) And um, also got scored on by the baseball crew. (laughs) <laughs> on TNT and so uh, the TBS baseball crew and um yeah I don't I don't uh it's uh it's funny it's I, I'd rather have Gobert say this than say like you're right Shaq I, I suck <laughs> and um just don't say anything even, even now <laughs> I like it I like Gobert injecting himself into the conversation because what else is he going to do? <laughs> this is the only way to be relevant these days, to stay relevant, especially if you're sitting at home, your butt is out of the playoffs. And so I'm fine with it. I'm going to go bingy. Do I agree? Oh my of God. course not. I do not agree, but um, I don't care. That's not, this isn't fact or fiction. This is, this isn't all day or cray cray. This is cringy bingy. That's true. That's true. I like okay. it. Here, here. Okay. To me, Someone said this in our in in our social posts, and I think I I'm starting to agree with it because there's a lot of chatter when this came out, and there's a lot of people that were on Gobert's side, like, oh, he would dominate Shaq, like he would lock him up so bad, right? I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> How yeah, that I do anyone not agree with. Actually, think this how could anyone actually be on this man's side? Like, sure. I get it from a comedic perspective. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah, sure. But fine, to me, fine. it's cringy because he's serious, okay? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Like, also, like, the stuff that he's saying about Skip, I'm like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, <laughs> have, have, have a little bit of a thicker skin. Shannon Sharp came back and said, Ben Simmons once dropped 42 on Gobert. Shaq would destroy him. Pat Bev said Shaq would have 105 points. New record. <laughs> Joe, I I can't believe I'm doing this, but we have to give this a little bit of analysis. Joe, I'm going to read for you some stats. Joe, historic. Shaq against Defensive Player of the Year's mm. career. So this includes when he was in Phoenix, Cleveland, Boston, all those places. Joe, sure. Shaq was 22-12 and 12 on 52% against Dikembe Mutombo, four-time Defensive Player of the Year. He was 30-12. and 12. On 57% against Alonzo, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He was 25-10-59% against Ben Wallace, four-time Defensive Player of the Year. And Shaq was 26-12 on 54% against David Robinson, former Defensive Player of the Year. Joe, what I can tell you is that Shaq would average 25-12 and 12 on 55% <laughs> show, scoring on Gobert just like the rest. And if you think that's false, 
If you think Gobert is different than Dikembe, Alonzo, and Ben Wallace and David Robinson, let me read you some more stats, Joe. <laughs> Embiid against Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year, is 23-12 and 12 on 44% shooting. Carl Anthony Towns is 22-11 and 11 on 52% scoring. Jokic is 20-10-7 on 55% scoring. And AD is 25-10 on 51% scoring. Joe, all these guys do the same thing on Gobert. Shaq would do the exact same thing. 25-12, 55%. Got me to thinking, Joe, that Gobert is kind of like the senior Chang of the NBA. <laughs> Lots of talk. Lots of threats of power. And really gets away with a lot more than he deserves. But really, what power does he actually have? <laughs> that is Gobert. Gobert is right at that moment. He's right at that moment when Senor Chang says, I don't want to have any conversations about what a mysterious and inscrutable man I am. I am a Spanish genius. But That's we come Gobert. to find out. Let's go there. My okay. nickname is El Tigre Chino. Because my knowledge will bite her face off. That's go there, right there. <laughs> Just doing that rant against Shaq, talking about how he is a defensive genius. But we, we know find out he is from the show. <laughs> He's a fraud. He's a fraud. This That's is Gobert going up to the mics and touching them all and saying, yeah, bit. <laughs> that's, that's what this is. This is, this is Gobert is exactly senior Chang. And you know what, Joe? That was his greatest defensive performance <laughs> of all time. <laughs> he shut down the world. The world. The whole world. You know. He didn't people... allow anyone to score again. <laughs> You got super excited right there because you were dang loud. I had to turn my volume down. um, I had to turn it down. It was like hurting my ears. But you know what, Cliff? The people who actually think that Gobert would shut down Shaq are stupid. They are just stupid. You know what I would have loved to see? Because there's one defensive player that you're notably missing from this list. Dwight Howard. I'd love to see those numbers. But... Look, Shaq would dominate Gobert. I mean, more so than these other guys. More so. And actually, I think he would really dominate. I I think he'd dominate Gobert badly. Because guys like Mm. David Robinson, guys like Ben Wallace, they actually gave Shaq some decent, you know, problems. I don't think Gobert would give Shaq any any problems at all. Mm. Not only would... Not only would he give him no problems, but he'd also... I mean, Shaq wouldn't have to work at all on the defensive end against Gobert. So, I don't know. I think Shaq would average 40 and 15 on (laughs) 60% shooting. That's that's what I think. Yeah, if we're talking prime Shaq. If we're talking prime Shaq, yes. Yeah, because all of these stats include, you know, the spectrum of his career, right? And we know his peak has been a mountaintop. He's a mountain. Are top. we talking mountaintop shack? Are we talking the floor shack? I mean, peak shack, peak shack, 40 and 15 for sure. 65% shooting. Okay. If we include the whole thing, yeah, it'll probably average out to about, about 25 this. and 12. Yeah. <laughs> on 28 and 12. I'm going to give him a little more. 28 and 12 on, on 57 and a half percent shooting. Yeah. All right, let's move on because Genie Bus is in the news and the Lakers. We haven't talked about them in a long time because there's actual real quality basketball that's happening. But Genie Bus is out here, had an interview talking about the Lakers, and she said, We are not living up to the Lakers' standards. Absolutely, I will look at everything. I will make hard decisions because that's what you have to do. Does Clutch Sports run the Lakers? Do they have the final say? No. Are they running the team? No, not at all. I am the controlling owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm held accountable for every decision that's made here. In terms of basketball decisions, I have complete confidence in our front office, which is headed by Rob Palinka. He is a person that is extremely smart, extremely strategic. Everything he does is thoughtful and with purpose. I have complete confidence that he can put together a roster and find a coach that is going to get us back to where we belong. Also, in the interview, she said she's relying on magic Phil and Kurt Rambis to help her make decisions. Joe, <laughs> cringy Benji, Jeannie Bus. 
Oh, oh, Cliff. Uh, I'm gonna have to go cringy. Oh, <laughs> being no. a Laker fan. Uh, Cliff, here's the thing, Cliff. Look, we all know it's been a series of missteps. Okay. Yes. She got. Yes. We got magic. That didn't yep. work out well. We got Luke Walton. That yep. didn't work out well. We've had terrible seasons. It's weirdly we got LeBron. I think only because we had Magic for a second, and that brought LeBron here. And then yeah. Magic suddenly quits just yeah. before a random game. Yeah, he's just like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, yes, we did get that one championship, but we've, as we've discussed, I now don't feel like it was worth it because. Here's the thing, Cliff. It's it's not even that, okay? And you could talk about some of the things that they're planning to do, which I don't think sound good either. But even the championship we won as a Laker fan hasn't been that satisfying. Right. So the problem is even our success hasn't been satisfying. Like, not only have we failed for most of Genie's tenure, yeah. but even that fleeting moment of success, it was like, okay, I guess. It's about how, how happy I felt when, I don't know, um, the the old pre-Shaq and Kobe Lakers would get to, like, the second round of the playoffs. I'd be, like, super happy for, like, Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones and those guys. I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, Vlade. You know, it's like, th- that's about how happy I was when we actually won the championship. I was like, ah, eh, I guess. You know, there's LeBron up there saying he wants his dang respect. I'm like, okay, this is great. Yeah, I, d- I don't feel it, you know? It's crazy. I think I was about three times happier watching winning time, watching the 1980 Lakers win the championship. Fictionally? <laughs> Fictionally. <laughs> a fictionalized version of the 1980 Lakers winning the championship. I was about at least twice as happy watching that than I was watching the actual, as a Lakers fan, as a diehard Laker fan, I was I – was, you know, half as happy watching the actual Lakers win the championship in 2020 in the bubble than I was watching a fictionalized version of the 1980 Lakers winning the championship when I already knew that was going to happen, Cliff. It wasn't a surprise. I knew they were going to beat Philly in game six. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and Magic was going to go for 42, 15, and, you know, eight or whatever I he had, something eight, like yeah. that in that game. And it's I don't know, Cliff. It's just it's cringy. I, I I think we need to just admit that Genie is not equipped enough for this job. We need another president. We need to hire somebody to to take care of this. The problem with Genie, and the reason why this is cringy, is because she keeps repeating the same mistakes. Hmm. It's because she trusts the same people over yeah. and over and over again. Right. Because if this was like we need to put the right people in place. Right. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I think any any good boss of any company doesn't do it alone. Right. Yeah. They hire smart, capable people to put everything in the right place. The problem in this interview was she said the three people she's going to be leaning on Magic Johnson, (laughs) Phil Jackson and Kurt Rambis. Who she has been loyal to. She's got a relationship with all those people for over 30 years. Right. Haven't done much. Magic Johnson, as you remember, is the one that said, we need to hire. We need to surround LeBron James with playmakers. (laughs) With playmakers. playmakers. What? (laughs) That makes zero Uh. sense. Zero sense. Anybody that's watched LeBron James over his entire career knows you surround him with shooters. Everyone. That's just and like some, common knowledge. Some garbage men. That's what you need around LeBron. Some, yes. Yes. Some hustle, too. rebound, defense guys, some 3 and D guys. That, that's what you need. And one Phil Jackson four. is a fantastic coach. Fantastic mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. But his last championship was 2010, 2011. Right? Since then, he was took over as the executive of the New York Knicks. And if you remember, that was a disaster. He yes. didn't make the playoffs for three seasons. He hired Derek Fisher. He signed Joe Kim Noah, who was washed at that time, multi-year deal. Traded Shumpert and Jarrett Smith for Lance Thomas. He uh, drafted Frank Nitakila instead of Donovan and Bam. 
He did Gosh, one good thing. He got Porzingis, which was completely against the grain at the time. Yes. Knicks fans booed him, but that's the one good thing that he did. Hilariously, Knicks fans booed him for his one good move. <laughs> the one good thing he ever did, and all the fans thought it was terrible. Everyone is talking about the last time Jeannie had this type of like firmness is when she fired Mitch Kupchak and her brother, right? But that alone did nothing. It did nothing. That, that was 20... That was from Kobe's retirement year to the following year. She hired Magic. We all know how that went. She hired Luke Walton. We all know how that went. The Lakers went 26 and 56. They didn't get LeBron until three seasons later, and they finally made the playoffs four years after that declaration. So for anyone that has hope in what this is saying, don't. <laughs> just cringe. It just makes notes. And, and we just didn't handle any of the – like we talked – Last week about all the people we've lost. You know, you had all of those assets and you couldn't do anything with it. Right. You know, like, what's the point of uh, accumulating all this draft? Like, I understand. Yes, we got Anthony Davis. But why did we go about it in such a, a, a baffling way? Instead of building our own assets up, we just we made the, we traded them all for pennies on the dollar. Right. Like, are you telling me Brandon Ingram couldn't have averaged 20 points on the Lakers? You know, you're telling me Kuzma couldn't have just advanced normally? You know, D'Lo, Randall, like none of these guys could have become better players on the Lakers and then you trade them and then you ship them out and get better value for them? Nope. It's like the potential was always there, but we had bad GMing, bad coaching hires, like bad everything. We couldn't develop players. Like, why not go for a player development guy when that's the situation we're in? We kept going for a home run like every single, not even season, like every month. That's all the chatter around the Lakers was. Watching Winning Time yeah. reminded me what a revolutionary like person and owner Jerry Buss was. He was. Because when he, when he came into the league, the league was dying. Right. I mean, it's hilarious how they show these, how the draft lottery went, and, you know, how like how yeah. things were back then, because it was yeah. just this non-televised, non-event that nobody cared about. You know, it's just right. like a few owners are there and they're like chatting and stuff. It's like a lunch, you know, and they're just Dude, like the NBA was on like tape delay. Yeah. <laughs> the NBA were, playoffs. <laughs> That's crazy. And they're about to go bankrupt. And, you know, the way that everything was designed was so different. And he came in and he was this revolutionary guy. He really wanted to change things. He was a smart guy. He was mm -hmm. a businessman. Yeah. And it was unlike what any other team at the time was doing. And he really saved the NBA in many ways. And in the past 30-ish years, the Lakers have 11 championships. Nobody's close. Yeah. Nobody is, like, even remotely close to that. No. We're at least doubling every other team. Yeah. Right? Because the Spurs got five. And, uh, you know, no, what, what, else, what does anybody else have? Golden State got three. Golden State got three. Miami got two. Heat, three. Miami got three. three. Yeah. The Heat have three. Dallas has one. You know, the Pistons got the one. The Bulls have Boston. six. Yeah. The Bulls have six. But we, we're, like, you know, the Bulls are the closest, right? And that was, like, just the Jordan era. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, and we he got made 11. multiple eras. Yes, and he spanned three generations, basically, of mm -hmm. basketball. Now, the problem, as you said, is that Jeannie's trying to repeat the past. But if she really wants to dig into it, what she should, needs to do is innovate. Right. Like, she needs to get with the next generation, which right. is why we should be searching for... Like, we need to have a better analytics team. We have, like, the worst yep. analytics team in the NBA. In the we need NBA. to have a better – yeah, we need to have a better, um, like, player development. We need to have better coaching staff. Like, young guys. We should be at the Sloan Conference looking for a coach, not looking at, you know, what they've done over the past 20 years. Like, that's how they find these email dokas and these Nick Nurses and these, you know, assistants who have um, – like potential, you know, and who understand the younger players. I think Phil Jackson is a horrible mistake, not because necessarily the what he's done, the resume, but because players hate him. Mm. Like the young players hate him. He alienated yeah. LeBron. He alienated yep. Melo. Yep. Like Chris Paul doesn't like him. Like these are the people 
who have actual they're like the power brokers of the NBA. They right? They're the ones that the younger players look up to. They're yep. the ones who have stock in the league right now. You know, those are the guys that have influence. And right. those are the guys that you need to that you need to have good relationships with. Phil doesn't yeah. have good relationships with any of those guys. Nope. So it makes no sense. The NBA has changed completely since like multiple times over. Yes. <laughs> you know, this is the Steph generation, right? I mean, we're even past the Steph generation now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how even in this playoffs, you kind of see how people are aging out. Mm-hmm. I mean, KD got bounced in the first round. LeBron you know, didn't make the playoffs. LeBron didn't even make <laughs> the, the playoffs. only one that is aged like fine wine. It's Christopher Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul. Chris Paul's the only one. But you look at, like, where are all the storylines? Who's all the storylines following? Jason it's Tatum. All, yeah, the, all the homegrown talent. Tatum, yeah. Jalen Brown on the Celtics. Giannis on the Bucks, And then you got Devin Booker, uh, yeah. homegrown Embiid, in Phoenix. Luca. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, Golden State is basically John holding Morant. it down for the old guys. Yeah, like John Morant. Unfortunately, he's injured. He's out. But... Golden State is holding it down, but I don't know. Like, if they get bounced in the next round, then it's just it's just over, right? I mean, the next generation. Yeah, and then it's the next generation of player, and so and it'll be two seasons in a row basically that that's happened. If it's if Phoenix makes the finals, and then whoever in the East is probably going to be, you know, filled with young talent. I mean. Well, even if it's even if it's the Heat who has Jimmy Butler, but you still got a bunch of young talent on that team too. So I mean, uh, I, the the league is is rapidly evolving, and you need to get with that. Like what they should, what Genie should say is not like, oh, we're gonna write the ship. Because by the way, uh, the reason you use the ship metaphor is because ships move slow. Yeah, right. Like and. As a leader, like, you should understand that, right? Like, you don't just turn a ship fast. Right. That's how you crash into an iceberg. You know, like, you have to chart your course. And so she should say, hey, we're going to have a long, you know, process. We're going to find the right people. You know, we're going to get younger. We're going to build our analytics team. We're going to work on player development. Right. Like that, Those are the things that she should be talking about, not we're going to fix everything, you know, yeah. this year. Yeah. Nope. It's it's just not how it's going to work. You know, I, I think everything you're saying is correct. What she should have said is the old way is dead. Yeah. <laughs> we are innovating. Yeah. We are, we are changing. And I don't necessarily think Rob Polinka is the problem. I think he should definitely be put on notice though. It's like, Hey, right. you made some bad moves, whether you took counsel from LeBron and they pushed it. That's your job to say no. If you disagree kind of thing right. you know right and so uh yeah don't look to the old guard look to the new right advance your analytics right listen to this podcast you know <laughs> <laughs> all that jazz you know i i think chris mannix said it best dude gd bus should be on like jj reddick's podcast yeah <laughs> like Watch a little more. Talk to Richard Jefferson. (laughs) Yeah, get with RJ. Um, uh, A little, little. She needs a little more, you know, of that kind of knowledge. Like, what's going on with the players today? Yeah, she's not in it. She's not in it. it. Yeah, but Chris Maddox said it best. What you have here is an NBA franchise that's run like a David Buster's. (laughs) And David Buster's was cool twenty years ago. You know, but Dave and Buster's, they're trying to innovate. And <laughs> <laughs> try to move into the new era, Cliff. All right, Joe, let's move forward. Let's talk about the Marquise Chris fight. Joe, wh- what do we know about the Marquise Chris fight? So basically, at the end of game five of Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Dallas. Uh, Phoenix obviously blowing out the Mavs. It was a 28-point game at that point. 2.3 seconds left. Biombo gets a lob at the rim. He's fouled by Marquise Chris, who, yes, Marquise Chris is still in the NBA, guys. I don't know why. 
I keep saying, I saw him at Summer League three years ago, and I knew he should not be in the NBA because he was outclassed at Summer League, and that was not his rookie season. And uh, all of a sudden, Biombo and Marquise Chris in a 28-point blowout get in a fight with 2.3 seconds left. I mean, they start talking trash. The refs break it up, and they basically send them both to the locker room, and... Biombo goes to the Phoenix Suns locker room and Marquise Chris also goes to the Phoenix Suns locker room. <laughs> Was that an accident? Follows him out there. Uh, some people were saying, I don't think it's an accident, Cliff, because Marquise Chris played his first three seasons, two or three hmm. seasons with the Phoenix Suns. So probably not an accident. And um, they had to break it up. To, uh, like, uh, credit to the security guys. I got to say, the security guys at every arena, they've been really impressing me, Cliff. Did mm. you see the T-Wolf series? Yes. Did you see the lady trying to come out to the court? Dang, yeah. she got tackled fast. She Good. was out of her seat for less than a second. And that that security guard was watching her. He was ready, and he took her down in a second. So, that's an amazing video, by the way. If you guys haven't seen that, go check that out on YouTube. But again, these security guys were on top of it. They ran in there. They got Marquise Chris out of there. Cliff, cringy, bingy, Marquise Chris trying to pick a fight with Biombo with 2.3 seconds left in a blowout. Dude, this is so cringy. <laughs> this is so cringy. I didn't even want to watch it. I was like, first, these two guys are nobodies. <laughs> Right. Yeah. At least Gobert, uh-huh. he's got a name to him. Nobody. Oh, you mean uh, Biombo? No. Oh, oh, you, I meant oh, Gobert you mean from way before. <laughs> you mean at least Gobert is somebody. When he's like doing something, yes, like tweeting, it's like okay. he's somebody. Yes. But Biombo and Marquise Chris, they nothing. All right. <laughs> like you said. Just credit. Biombo is a contributing player at least. Yes. Marquise Chris is legit nothing. Yeah, you're like, is Marquise Chris still in the NBA? <laughs> Look how he is. Look, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> Second of all, this game is destroyed. It's it's over completely. Yes. What what benefit is this? Like, if, if this was, like, strategic, right? What yeah. benefit is it, right? Third, if people are like, did he do this on purpose to go to the tunnel? Like, for them to question your intelligence... <laughs> That way, it's not a good look, you know? Not good. So just on all fronts, oh, I, I just I, – I don't get any enjoyment out of this. It's not funny. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing about it is enjoyable. Um, I'm also going to go cringy because um, – let me try to explain what I think Marquise Chris is doing. Please. Okay? I need to know. I think – He's trying to remind people that he's in the NBA. That's what I think he's doing. Because this guy does not see a lot of minutes. And again, I will say again, and I will say this until Marquise Chris is out of the NBA. I knew he should be out of the NBA three years ago. This guy cannot play in the NBA. For some reason, he keeps getting chances. Uh, and I feel like he's like, hey, I'm in the game. <laughs> you know, it's a blowout. Who cares? I think if he was even one level ahead, he he like to give him credit, the benefit of the doubt, you might think maybe he's trying to get Biombo suspended. Yeah. Right. Because Biombo had a de- he had a good game. I mean, yeah. he, he was he kind of uh, passed up JaVale in this game because yeah. they were trying to mix it up and and to his credit hey he actually did some stuff i think he played some good defense he gave them some he 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 got a bunch of offensive rebounds he was just like hustling and just like getting tap outs and stuff like that so yeah he added a little something but to me it's not even that marquise chris is buddy from community cliff mm. he is jack black who suddenly appears out of nowhere and he's like, Hey guys, what's up? Remember I've been here all along. And then they, they like retcon all the memories. Right. He's like in the back, he goes, Britta cheated. Why? Like all of a sudden he's there <laughs> reacting to stuff, right? They're doing the Spanish final. He's like, Oh wow. He's clapping. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what, that's what Marquis Chris is doing. He's like, Hey guys, I'm here too. 
the fight didn't turn into anything, so he's like, shoot, I got to do something else, right? I have to do something more. Let me try to run to his locker room. Because Clint, legit, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing. Like, he's the one who's fouling Biombo, first of all. So I don't know why he'd be <laughs> mad. What's he mad about? And Biombo didn't even look like he said anything. He looked like he's literally, it's one word, definitely not a curse word. So I don't know what he said. Like, he was like, probably like, who oh, are you? shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then Marquise Chris gets in his face like, what? <laughs> like, why? Dude, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes total sense. This is like, for those that watch The Bachelor, someone that has gotten no screen time, someone that The Bachelor doesn't even know that's there, <laughs> but they all of a sudden start s- s- causing drama, throwing Creating wine. Because <laughs> yeah. they want to hey, get a you, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> if you can't get with The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, you got to create drama in the house. Right? You got to do something else for screen time. You got to start spreading lies. Hey, somebody here. You, like when you finally get your screen time, what do you do? You say, you know, some of the guys here, they're not really here they're for They're not you. here for the right reasons. <laughs> But I am. I'm here for the right reasons. Oh, I hate that this is funny to me because I've seen too much Bachelor. Yes. (laughs) More Bachelor than I'd like to admit. And there's so many characters like that. And Marquise Chris is another one just like that. Joe, I think he nailed it right on the head. Yeah, I I think you did. (laughs) But moving on to another mystery. Joe, John Morant is out of the playoffs. It's a huge Mm. blow of course, mm. for the NBA in general, because it was a beautiful thing to watch him play. But Jordan yeah. Poole is now enemy number one for tapping him out of existence. Joe <laughs> Thanos has the snap, and Jordan Poole has the tap. Joe, cringy Benji, Jordan Poole destroying John Moran with a finger. For those of you who are maybe not familiar with this story, basically what's happened is that Memphis is trying to politic their way into a Jordan Poole suspension. By trying to claim that Jordan Poole, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but yes, he grabbed Jaw's knee. But, uh, I mean, and it caused a bone bruise. It caused a bone bruise that has taken Jaw out for the rest of the playoffs. For that to be possible, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole legit needs to be either the Hulk <laughs> or Bruce Lee <laughs> or Neji from Naruto. <laughs> Like those are the only. He's got to be one of those three. He's got to be one of those three guys. He's either got to be so buff that a, a pinch from his hand can take out some cause a bone bruise, guys. Not even like a ligament strain or you know, not even a meniscus tear. Not a tear. A bone bruise. <laughs> How could grabbing someone's knee cause a bone bruise? Or he's got to be Bruce Lee with those freaking demon fingers. Or he's uh-huh. got to be Neji just plugging up Jaws Chakra. Like, that's the only way. I got one more for you. He's Baragon, the Espada from Bleach, who deteriorates you with a touch. <laughs> with the death touch? <laughs> just one touch, the and then you, di- you disintegrate. <laughs> so it's knee disintegrated. Touch? It's like, oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> disintegrated his knee just tapped him i mean if this is true if this is true jordan Poole is definitely in the wrong sport what is this fool doing in the nba he should be an mma just like destroying fools by tickling them (laughs) right like the match starts and he just like he just touches them and they're just like out of commission his fighting stance is like it's like you know jazz hands it's his fighting stance He tickles them for 20 seconds, and then they're like, they're like, what are you doing? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they die afterwards. They're just like battered all over their body. You know, that delayed. And then they just fall down. Joe the Rogan is like, oh, he's tickling him. I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the Kill Bill. It's the five, the five touch palm, whatever strike. Pi Mae's, you know, death move. It's like, I. Uh, it was such a thing. They they had to film in game four, John Moran dabbing up Jordan Poole. <laughs> I, this is ridiculous. I don't know who thinks this is anything. This is Cliff, but let me, let me tell you something. It's cringy. Okay. Mm. Legit. It's cringy. You know why? Memphis. Series is not over. Okay. First of all. I don't like Memphis's attitude 
Yeah. Look, they're young. We knew they were going to lose the series. They don't have experience. Even with Ja, it was very unlikely for them to win the series because they make tons of mistakes. Case in point, end of game four, they're having, they're playing essentially a perfect game. Defense is great. Yeah. Warriors were not shooting well. They had a 12-ish point lead in the fourth quarter at one point. And it's like, ju- they're just generating terrible shots. Yeah. Terrible offense. Dylan Brooks... Three for 17. We know he's a gunner. You got to make him stop. <laughs> okay. Like, because, yeah, if he's hot, you let him go. If he's off like that, you make him stop because he's not the kind of guy who's going to shoot himself out of it. He's going to shoot you out of the game. You got to find a way to get Desmond Bain a look. Mm. How can you not generate a shot for Desmond Bain? And then, yes, JJJ had it going. But last possession, okay, for Memphis, down three. Terrible, terrible possession. JJJ going around a screen to shoot a 29-footer when he's triple teamed. Not the It's so bad. It's so stupid. I wouldn't even want JJJ going one-on-one against Draymond because I don't trust him in that situation. I would have much more preferred some kind of movement, get a play out of a timeout, movement and... Uh, Dylan and JJJ creating chaos, like creating a decoy so you can get Desmond Bain a look. That's exa- That's what you need. Okay, yeah. You need a way to f- get Desmond Bain the ball. And look, if he gets the ball and he doesn't have a clean look, I, I'd rather have him try to create something one-on-one. They're not going to double him Okay, in that situation. I'd rather right. have him try to create something one-on-one than JJJ. Why is J- oh, JJJ? I mean, yes, he's playing well in the game, but... Really? A 29-footer? I wouldn't want him taking that one-on-one against against Draymond. And he's or taking wide open. it triple-teamed. Or wide open. I, I mean, I'm okay wide open. If he's, if if Dylan Brooks going to drive the lane and get JJJ a clean look wide open from the top of the key, that's fine. Look, and you just live with it. If know. you miss that, you got to live with it. you got to live with that, Cliff. Like, like you got to live with it. If he misses that, you live with it. But taking that shot was terrible. It was so terrible. It just, I, I don't know. Or I mean, get Kyle Anderson a look. I mean, he was playing well. His offense was going that game. So Slow-mo. It, it's, like, why I hate this is because I feel like Memphis is not pointing to those things, the mistakes that they're making, and instead they're blaming, like, oh, Dylan Brooks got suspended. Oh, mm. you know, John Morant got hurt. Like, they could win. Like they, they should do but, what the fans are doing to us. You went 18 and 2 without Jaw. <laughs> yes, exactly. They went 20 and 5 without Jaw. That was that's what they ended up. Yeah. And they look, clearly they could have won that game. They were close. Had they just executed better down the stretch. Look, Memphis fans, okay? You can win game 5. Next man up, next game, the past is the past, let it go, move on. That's what good teams do. Right. That's the professional way to go about it. If you're like, oh, but if this happened, all oh, the refs are against us. Oh, you know, like when you get into that whiny stuff, you know, you're going to lose. Yeah. Right. Because because your your mentality is already out of it. Case in point, look at what MB did. Right. I mean, let's let. Yeah. Let's get yeah. into that now. Let's talk about the Sixers. Joe. They got dominated. <laughs> They got they got they got freaking dominated. They got freaking dominated. Joe cringy bingy. The Sixers versus the Heat. Oh, uh, game 5 was was really cringy. I mean, look, they they worked their way back into the series. Yeah. They went home. Everybody yeah. knows role players play better at home. That is they did. such a truism in the playoffs. Like look at every single series. Every series that, this past weekend, the role every, players series well, the home the, team played well the the role players on the home team are just freaking unstoppable i mean dorian finney smith is suddenly yeah. he suddenly is a marksman <laughs> like, like he's whoa. the greatest shooter of all time all of a sudden <laughs> every yeah, time he touched the ball i was like whoa it's going then in they go on the road and you see what happens you know they just revert back they turn back into a pumpkin and so that <laughs> always happens Look, but you thought – I thought Embiid at least because they got Embiid back. That was a huge boost for them, and you thought, oh, maybe this series is going to be a little different. Maybe it's going to be a drag-out you know, series. I still liked the Heat all the way. I mean, now I love the Heat, obviously, but 
I think Joel was affected by the MVP talk. You know, everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Right? He looked depressed yeah. and like despondent before the game. Yeah. He didn't look very engaged during the game. You know, James Hart is not going to show up on the road in a pivotal game five. And so you <laughs> needed MB to have, you know, 35 and 15. And instead he had what, like 17 and eight or something like that. Yeah. Like, it was sad. Not a great game, obviously. And more than that, it was just he was just really disengaged. They got destroyed. Um, and I think Embiid got stuck there. Hmm. I think he got stuck in a like pity party. You, you know, in me. sports, you can never get into the pity mode, right? And and on every single level, if I don't care what level you've played on, at the rec, at the Y, at the park, you know. Uh, high school, college, NBA. It's like anytime you get into like a, oh man, you know, people are against us. Like, unless that turns into anger, if it turns into like, oh, we got no chance. And I'm sure Embiid at this point, he's like, I came into this crap franchise. We tanked. I was hurt for my first three years. I got Ben Simmons, this guy who's just garbage <laughs> and who just turned into nothing. Like, while I'm in my prime, I probably deserved MVP last year, didn't get it. I deserved MVP this year, didn't get it. Now I'm stuck with James Harden. We're going to lose this series, <laughs> and I'm screwed for the rest of my career. And that's what he looked like. That's yeah. how he looked like he was playing. He's like, what's the point of this? All those things are true, but... <laughs> they are true. But you got to think, that's why I have to rise above even... You got to channel your inner Ichigo, right? You got to channel yeah. your inner Naruto. You got to be the main character in any anime ever, right? And you have to say, I don't care if all the odds are stacked against me. I'm going to defeat them, right? Like, I'm yeah. going to win. Right. And that's that, That's that's like every... You're right. Ichigo, right? When he went down <laughs> to Huacamundo, all the guys yes. were like, why are you fighting? He's like, I'm not fighting to win. I'm fighting because I have to win. <laughs> yes. I have to win. Yeah. And that's anybody. I mean, go, man, Initial D, Prince of Tennis, Kenshin. Like, go, <laughs> go back anywhere. You go back anywhere. And people just, they just have this inner need, right? It's like this. And, you know, the, the pity parties end up losing. And so I don't know if maybe home cooking will help, but I suspect it's not going to for Philly. Right. Philly doesn't have the kind of home court that that helps you in this situation. Boston <laughs> does. Golden State does. You know, like there are certain places that will get, give you a game six. You know, New York, I think if they're on the right, you know, mind space. I don't think uh, Philly's that place. And so it's going to be tough. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I, I think MB needs to get out of that mind space. It's sad, it's sad, but it's true. I don't think Embiid's gonna win a championship ever in Philly. Not yeah. with this. Not like this. Can we? Okay, Cliff. Can we real quick though? Can we talk about the Heat? Because nobody's talking about the Heat. Dude, Jimmy B is a beast. Jimmy B is the opposite of Embiid's mentality. He doesn't care yes. if he wins MVP. He doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't care. All he, doesn't he wants care to do it. is ball out. This is business. And he's coming out here to work his butt off and win at all costs. Cliff, Jimmy Butler, um, right now in the playoffs, he is, at this moment, after game five, he's 28-8-6 on 54% shooting from the field. <sighs> 37% from three, 82% from the line. This is through like nine games now. This isn't like a hot streak. Yeah. Like this is just who Jimmy is at this point. Like he's played against them. I mean, he had four, he dropped a 40 piece in the la in game four. Mm -hmm. And it's just, this guy's getting no coverage. Like nobody's <laughs> talking about him at all. He has the highest uh, pie cliff. This isn't a stat we talk about a lot, but it's player impact estimate. It is mm. essentially, it's kind of like PER, but it's actually a little more comprehensive than PER because it includes mm. defense. It includes everything, right? 22.5. Like, of, of anybody playing 20 minutes or more, 22.5. Second best guy is Jokic at 21.7. Cliff, even PER, he's getting close to Jokic and PER. He's still wow. over 30. And the third guy. 30. Oh, my god. He's gosh. over 30. And the, th the next guy down is Luka, and he's at, like, 26. Wow. 
And you know how Luca is, right? Like Luca dominates the ball. Jimmy Butler yes. does not dominate the ball. The no. fact that he can have the highest player impact estimate number and second highest PER, highest of anybody remaining in the playoffs, and he's like third in net rating, fifteen point eight. Jeez. He is second in plus minus eleven point three. I mean, he's he is dominating the playoffs right now. And Tyler Hero is sucking, too. Tyler Hero's not playing. You know what, though? Honestly, everybody on the Heat has had at least one bad game. Yeah. I mean, Bam had a terrible game three. Tyler Hero was bad in three and four. Yeah. Lowry's been out. Lowry's been out. I mean, Jimmy is the team. And I I, look, they have a great culture. They have great execution. They have a great coach. defense. They've got a great coach. Nobody is giving Miami a chance to even get to the – not even a chance to get to the finals. Literally every single analyst on TV has said whoever wins Bucks celtics is going to go to the finals. Don't count I, out the Miami I got heat. the heat, Cliff. I got the heat. I mean, I'll say it now. I've had the heat, actually, from the beginning of the playoffs. You did. Even, even before with my terrible Brooklyn pick. God, they were bad. <laughs> that was my worst pick of this entire – that's the only wrong pick, I think, of this entire playoffs. But it was such a bad one, though. But um, the heat uh, – here's the thing, Cliff. They have Depot, right? Yeah. So now you have Depot, Hero, Bam. Max Struess is playing out of his mind. He's actually yeah. leading the league in plus-minus – at 11.9. So he's the only guy higher than Jimmy. He looks way better than Duncan Robinson. He looks way better because he plays D. Mm-hmm. He plays legit D and he's hitting threes. But mm-hmm. then they have Duncan and they have Kyle Lowry, right? Mm-hmm. You give that plus home court plus the way Jimmy's playing to Eric Spolstra. I mean, I I just feel like he's going to find a way. You know, to navigate these series. Especially because the Bucks and the Celtics are slogging it out. Right? They are. It's not beautiful basketball. It's not at all. Where whereas the Heat, even though there are players that aren't playing well every now and then, they are putting the ball in the basket. Like yeah. efficiently. They generate good offense. Mm-hmm. They've got a little bit of what Phoenix does. They've got, you know, great they've got good defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they get offense off of their defense, turnovers, in tra- also in transition. But they've got a little bit of – they've got some good half-court sets with Jimmy, with Bam. Tyler Hero, when he's on, is always good in the half-court. And then you got Oladipo. Yeah. I mean, some of those sets out there when they have Depot, Hero, <clears throat> and Jimmy's on the bench, but Depot and Hero are kind of playing from the top. Like, it's almost a little bit like what KD and Kyrie were doing. Like, they're taking the wings – and whoever gets the better coverage, like the better matchup to generate offense, they're kind of doing that. And like, it looks a little, it looks tough to guard. Yeah. Because Hero, as bad as he's played, he gives them, like the good thing about Hero is he'll give you like six or eight points in a row. Yeah. You know, so even though he only had, I think last game he only had like 10 or 12 points, but he got like eight of those points like in a row. Yeah. It was like three buckets in a row, you know, and... That is invaluable, yeah. In the playoffs, when when it's because it's it's near impossible to generate good offense just off ball movement, mm-hmm. right? Like you need guys to get a little hot and then just kind of take over for little stretches of the game. When you have so many guys who could do that, and and Spolstra can go to all these because even Duncan Robinson could do that, you know, Oladipo could do that, Hero could do that, and Jimmy could do that. So, I, I think it's. I I mean I just think they've been completely discounted. I still I still like their chances, especially because they have home court. Yep. All right, let's move on to our two for the road. Hmm. I'll start with my one for the road. Joe, I saw Doctor Strange. I saw Doctor Strange, nice. and don't worry, everybody, this is spoiler free. <laughs> it was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all right. Uh, I to me, it felt very. Uh, it's very action heavy, not necessarily MCU plot push heavy. Right. So it's kind of like. It feels like a standalone. Mm. Even though they're opening up 
things, right? But sure, it feels sure. very standalone and it feels very story as you, you may have seen. Uh, uh, everyone's talking about how you need to see like all the Disney Plus shows. No, you don't need to have watched all the Disney Plus shows. Not even WandaVision? WandaVision is probably the only one that okay. you need to have watched. Okay. Uh, that's it. Everything else, don't need to watch. It's all good. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you need to prep. <laughs> where would that's all you, you need to prep. Where would you rank it? Where would you rank it just right now? And it'll probably change later, but. Uh, in the mid. What's in the mid? Okay. Like below Civil War. Below uh, No Way Home. You know. Captain America. B- below Winter Soldier, obviously. <laughs> It it's it's uh it's like Ant Man like like it's like Ant Man. Mm. It's fun mm. on its own. How about what would you give it out of like ten? One to ten. Seven. Okay. Seven. It's not bad. I liked that's a little... the Batman better. <clears throat> oh, interesting. I did but, finish the Batman. Clip. We love the Batman. <laughs> Yes. But the problem with the Batman is they should have squeezed it into two hours. <laughs> so the thing – yeah, so I was actually going to talk about the Batman. <laughs> for, for you two for – all right, let's yeah, just blend it then. Let's just blend it. You go. Let's blend you go. it. Yeah. You go. So I finished the Batman cliff. It took me three sittings <laughs> to watch the Batman. <laughs> you know what? The f- me too. <laughs> one hour at a time. <laughs> yeah, one hour at a time. First act – Second act, basically, when it was going into the third act. See, oh, you watched it like a Marvel Disney Plus show. <laughs> I tried to <laughs> because those were natural stopping points. And so I kind of that's what it ended up being. Um, Cliff, I thought it was OK. So yeah. there were things that I liked. I liked the whole like I love the cinematography. I love kind of the art of the movie, the way that I it see. looked, like the, the way everything. Yeah, the way yeah. everything looked was was great. The way it was filmed, the way that it kind of supplement, you know, the way that the story was told through the camera. Very, I really it seems very it. Zack Snydery. It it was, but less gratuitously artistic and a yeah. little more actually story yeah. based, you yeah. know, art. Right. So yeah. a lot of the way that the city was characterized and the way that even Batman was characterized, the way that uh, yeah. you know Riddler and like penguin and uh catwoman like the way they were shot and the way that they were shown i felt like it it added a lot to their characterization and to um the movie and the story uh i liked this the plot in general i thought it was clever i like yeah. the fact that batman is a detective in this movie yes. and he really shows My favorite part it gives, of it. yeah it gives you a lot of that like um Batman the Animated Series vibe. It gives you that like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not just about the action. You know, there's he's figuring things out. He's the smartest guy in the room. So I, yeah. I really like how they balanced out the fact that Batman is the smartest person in the room, generally speaking. Like when yeah. he's with all the cops, he figures out the riddles fast. You know, yeah. he like deciphers things quickly, yeah. which is how Batman's supposed to be. But he's not – he's still – like Riddler is still a step ahead of him. Right. So I like how they balanced that out, right? Like it made yeah. sense – yeah, because Riddler um, is prepped, you know. Right. Not necessarily that's how, that he's smarter, but he's prepped. Yeah. And that's how it has to be. But it's people outsmarting each other. Yeah. I always say this, Cliff. You know, whenever we talk about drama or, um, you know, spy shows or science fiction, it's like it has to be people outsmarting each other, not outdumbing each other. Right. Right. <laughs> Heroes is people outdumbing each other. <laughs> Including the directors and producers and writers are outdumbing each other. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's probably too insulting. I know there are budget constraints and things like that. But come on, guys. Just show us a fight. Like, show us a good fight. <laughs> Try to be too clever here. Yeah. But, um, you know, whereas you look at, like, good shows when they're good, at least, like Homeland or something like that. Or, like, Alias. You know, yeah. it's... They're outsmarting each other. You're, it's not that they're dumb. It's just the other guys even a, another step ahead of you. Right. right. And you're like, oh, wow, that's that's impressive. That's cool. And it gives you a certain sense of like satisfaction when they actually figure something out, when they actually yep. decipher something. Mm-hmm. And so I really – that's all the stuff I like about it. You know, I like the acting. Robin Pattinson, Robert Pattinson was like – he's okay. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't love him, but – 
he he was still believable and he was good. He was a little too brooding for me. Yeah, a little moody. <laughs> yeah, a little a little emo. I wish he was a little less emo. But he's supposed to be young and all that stuff. I Dude, love Christian um, Bale was the best. He, he's, true, he's the best. Truly yeah. the best. I love how he can be all the different types of Bruce's. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was because he had a nice, like, charismatic Bruce. Yeah. You know, and then he was. So, and, and you know, I like Zoe Kravitz. I like Jeffrey Wright. Like, all the other people, the cast was great. Yeah. Um, two things I didn't like about it. Okay. One, I didn't like the lack of gadgets <laughs> and the lack of, like, I didn't like any of his vehicles in this. Mm. Like, yeah. I didn't like his car. Because he had, like, a regular car. He had a regular car, his bike, you know. Like, there was nothing cool, basically. Yeah. Like, the lack of cool factor was a little – and I'm not saying it has to be some kind of crazy – you know, I'm not saying it has to be crazy. But you can't have a car that looks older in 2022 than the Batmobile from, like, 2000. You know, <laughs> five or something yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's just not that just yeah. doesn't make sense. Batman yeah. should have the best technology. He's gotta have something. Yeah. He should have some kind of technology. Like towards the end, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, you know, there's a big fight, right? Yeah. He's just got no weapons, he's got nothing, like no batterings, like nothing. <laughs> like, come on, man, you're the Batman. You He's got one. He's got, I mean, come, I, I mean, come on, Cliff. Which that that also what you're bringing up was baffling to me. I was like, what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> like, why though? So okay, that. And then the other thing I didn't like was I I kind of didn't like the third act. Mm. Yeah, like the the kind of reveal and you know yeah. all that. I didn't love it. I mean, I know it's based loosely on like the Long Halloween. Yeah. And like Hush and some of that story. And that story is so much better yeah. than what they ended up with in this movie. I'm not saying you have to copy it verbatim, but like, oh, it's just, there's, it's such a better like reveal and the way that they do things there than they did in this movie. And so I was just a little disappointed by kind of how all that turned out. But overall, I mean, it was a great, it was a good movie, enjoyable experience. What did you think about it? Yeah, I th- I think for me, uh, like ever since so much Marvel stuff has happened, I yeah. I really lean more into uh, real production, like real stunts, like sure. real yeah. shots, right? Yeah. Actual explosions, all that stuff, which yeah. is what I felt the Batman was. It's a lot yes. more of like, you know, like. Old school Terminator 2 action, right? Like, it's like yes, yes. real stunts, real things moving, all that stuff. Doctor Strange was all CGI, CG. as you may imagine. <laughs> CG fest, yeah. Like, all. Um, there, There is a scene that's already out on YouTube. Um, like, it shows, like, the first five minutes of the movie or whatever. It's of this, mm-hmm. like, octopus thing. Yeah. And it's like, you can tell. Like, obviously, of course, it's CGI, but, like, you can, like, tell it's CGI, which Mm. is so painful. And, you know, the the thing that we've – I've always hated about Matrix 3 was that it became Dragon Ball Z. It's, like, fighting in the air and all that stuff. And then – so if you add very mystical things, if you add – this is why I didn't even love Doctor Strange, the first one. It's, like, it's just all magic, right? And all like this, uh, lots of hand movements, you know, yeah. it's like, ah, yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it's not that great. I, it's very, the movie itself is very popcorn movie kind of right. thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's very, uh, big, big theatrical fights, things of that nature. Um, I, you know, like we talked about, like the thing that I like about the Batman is like, it's just like smart things that are happening kind of thing. Right. This is not really Mm -hmm. smart things. It's just like, how do we overcome kind of things? And it's like, okay. Uh, Yeah, I get it. You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like Marvel has a, I mean, it's, it's sad because it's going down. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost inevitable at this point. Because now it's like we're oversaturated with Marvel stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, like Moon Knight was cool, but yeah, 
It just doesn't move the needle. You know what I mean? No. It's like, hard after Thanos. N- truly. There's just nothing about it that is that compelling. Yeah. You know? And, like, as much as – it's, like, I think the whole Thanos thing even only worked – it can only work for one phase. Yeah. You know, where you keep teasing, 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 and then there's this, like, come together and now, like, okay, yeah. everything is – you know, and it's like now, I don't know. Uh, I know they're going towards Secret Wars and like Battle World and all this kind of stuff. But is it's it not going to have be, the same reaction. It's not going to nearly have the same reaction. At this point, you've crossed over from uh, like a satisfying story, like something you've earned, to just pure fan service. And basically, yeah. that's where we are now. It's just all pure fan service. And... I don't know. I've already kind of lost it. It's like I don't feel that – I don't feel anything basically for missing a Marvel movie now. Yeah. Or missing a Marvel show. You know what I mean? Like I'm not dying to watch Doctor Strange. I'll probably again wait till it comes DVD. You know, to my house. Yeah, and I'll watch it then. And even for Spider-Man, which I really did want to watch, it didn't hurt me to not watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was, was good, like, right? Ah. It was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But it's crazy. It was like not nearly – Endgame level. Yeah. You know, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, the fanboys, they're always just, no matter what happens, they're going to say, oh, this is the greatest. This is the great. You know, it's like the catharsis you get from uh, Spider-Man, not near Endgame levels. No. Not even close. Here's the thing, and you mention this all the time, but here's why I hate the multiverse Mm. is because, you know, they build it up as – everything it's so precious you can't mess with it or else it disrupts everything right but the way i take it is there's no consequences anymore right because everyone is everywhere there's who knows how many versions of you there are you know and it's like well we never lose you you know we never lose you nothing matters anymore that's yeah it's just there's no stakes. There are no stakes. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I think I think if they're smart and look, Kevin Feige probably knows what he's doing. What they'll do at some point is merge everything into one universe. Yeah, because that's happened many times in Marvel Comics, DC Comics. There's a multiverse. There's one universe that gets split again. You know, that stuff happens all the time. And it has more to do with the publishing of the yeah. comics you know, than anything else, the stories. Yeah. But um, I think they're going to do that at some point. And they'll do it in a way where you can bring some characters from other universes in, like a Deadpool, you know what I mean? And yeah. have it still make sense. And yet get, put stakes back into it. But I agree with you. I just think at that point it'll be too late. Yeah. Like I'm not going to care anymore. You know, like, and I don't really even care if, if Deadpool comes in here because I want, I would have cared if Deadpool was meeting Tony Stark. Yeah. You know, I don't care if Deadpool meets Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not interested in that at all. Like, why? Why would I be interested in that? I don't care about these characters. You right. know, the, the only character I care about left is Spider-Man. Right. I don't care about any of the other characters. You know, like, I would have cared about Black Panther, unfortunately, yeah. You know, Chadwick Boseman's passing has like ch- completely changed that. And then there's who else is left? Like who else? Do, I don't I mean it's hard to make a sidekick into a main guy. That's what you're trying to do with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. I mean Scarlet Witch is cool, but she's also kind of a side character. Vision's already dead and resurrected. I don't know what's going on with him. You know, it's like <laughs> all these other guys. Eh, Hawkeye, they try to do his own story. I wasn't that interested in that. I'm going to be less interested now, you know, like bring him. And I'm even less interested in his sidekick, the new Hawkeye. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I just, it's, it's, I feel like it's over already. Mm. I feel like it's over. They just don't know it yet. They're like the Lakers. A little bit. Yeah. I think Endgame was the 2020 championship. And now, you know, they're, they're living off the, the fumes. Like they're, they're living off the wake. But eventually, it's going to all come crashing down. Well, on that depressing note, everybody, <laughs> if you stuck with us this long, wow, I can't But hey, watch it. the Batman. It was great. Dune, also good. <laughs> if you have HBO Max. I think I, I, I would recommend Doctor Strange. Just don't watch it with any um, 
expectations, expectations. like yeah. of like advancing storylines or sure. like all these things are going to connect. Don't don't think about it that way. So just think about it that. as like, hey, I'm going to go watch something fun. Okay, a little disappointing. <laughs> to me, so the, yeah, of the course, right? Because because like we're we're all about like how does every, well, like you put something out there so that it connects, right? Right? It's a puzzle piece in of the big puzzle piece. This is not a puzzle right. piece. No, it's not. not a it's a random piece. other little kids puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fifty beast puzzle <laughs> that my kids can do. Big big piece, and you just put it together. <laughs> like oh, it's done. All right. And that's how I felt after it. I was like, oh, that was it. All right. Uh, Alright, that's it Thanks everyone for listening to People's Pod Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate, follow us on social Give us five stars on the apps We'll be back next week with more nonsense This is SBR with Cliff and Joe Peace Peace